Hey guys, welcome to the show. My name is Hunter McWaters. I'm the host of the Hunter's Quest podcast. And if you are listening to this via audio podcast, definitely recommend you go ahead and check out the YouTube video because I'm going to be going through a bunch of different gear items I have here uh, and different things like that. Um, so go to YouTube, search Hunter McWaters, my name, and you will find my channel. Hit the subscribe button and um, definitely enjoy this video. If you have any questions or comments about gear or any of the stuff I bring up, please go ahead and drop those in there. I will definitely get back to you if you have a question or anything like that. So um, basically, today I just wanted to run through, you know, I had a really awesome season in 2021. I got to do some cool stuff. Um, I went to Alaska to Kodiak Island and um, did a Kodiak Sitka Blacktail deer hunt there. Um, then I came back and I did a nine day elk hunt in New Mexico with Dan Staten from Elk Shape. Um, I wasn't hunting on that trip, I was actually just filming Dan, but regardless, I learned a ton um, just about elk hunting, you know, gear, filming, uh, and just everything. So I learned a lot from him. Um, and then, let's see, and then I did a Wyoming antelope hunt this year, a DIY um, kind of thing. Uh, my first antelope hunt, actually. Uh, so also, again, learned a lot there. Um, so, you know, I had three big trips this year. I got um, planning on doing four or five this year, uh, made some films. Um, and so I just had a really good year. I learned a lot about Western hunting, um, about backpacking. And so I just thought it'd be helpful to kind of do a podcast where I run through some of my favorite gear items, some of the things I learned this year. Um, because, you know, a lot of this stuff, you just have to kind of figure out as you go, um, you know, and just do it. So, um, you know, I hope this helps you guys a little bit. And again, some of the stuff you're just going to have to get out yourself and just, and just learn from experience. But I think a couple of these gear items uh, and kind of lessons that I learned will be useful to you. Um, even if you've been hunting for a while. So uh, I'm gonna try to keep this pretty short, but I got a lot of stuff I wanna hit, so I'm just gonna go ahead and get right into it. Um, so I wanna start with gear, um, and I'll kind of break that down. I'm gonna start gear with clothing, okay? And um, you know, during the off season, I kind of, I was looking into some different brands. I got some stuff from Scree Gear. Um, and you know their stuff is good. I'm not you know blasting it. I got I tried their ptarmigan pants and jacket. It's good stuff. But um, and the rain gear as well. A um, couple things though. Uh, their socks. To be honest with you, they have some merino socks. Uh, I tried those in New Mexico. They're not good. Um, I was slipping all around them. My feet were super sweaty. So avoid their socks. Um, I like a darn tough or a farm to feet sock and um, I just got these um, smart wool uh, zero cushion sock liners that I'm going to try out this year because um, my feet have a weird, not weird, but kind of unique shape and I get some blisters sometimes in elevations so I'm going to try these sock liners out but anyway that's just kind of a side note. Um, so you know I think Scree Gear has some really good merino base layers and I do think that their puffies are are nice. Um, I didn't have any problems with them except for those socks. Um, but I did kind of sort of migrate back to Kuyu, honestly, because yes, it is considerably more expensive. Um, but the warmth to weight, especially in the puffies, um, some of their pants, 
Um, it's just, it's just hard to beat guys. And, um, uh, so I'm going to run through a couple of those, those items. Um, again, I, I do think Scree's got some good stuff. So, you know, if you're trying to save some money and pick up some gear items, um, I think Scree is a good option. I would avoid their socks. However, um, that's just me. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you have the extra cash and you can kind of invest a little bit, um, you know, you might want to look at a Kuyu and not to mention, like I've kind of started going towards running solid colors as opposed to camo. Um, and there's, you know, Scree right now doesn't have really any solid options yet. Uh, I think they might be going that way, but, um, a Kuyu, you know, they have different options and solids and, um, I just, I just like that for kind of various reasons that doesn't really need to be getting into, but, um, so again, the, my, my favorite puffies are the Kuyu puffies. I got some right here. I'll show you. Um, again, they're not cheap, you know, it's an investment, but I think they're worth it. So I started off with the, um, this is the super down pro it's their warmest one. Um, you know, it's got pit zips, which is something the screen does not have as well. And you know, it just, the whole thing tucks right into its own pocket. The screen gear puffies, they come with a little stuff sack, which is nice, but you know, you can lose that thing or whatever. And there's a little heavier, this stuff it's insanely light. Um, you know, I got a couple battle scars on there. It's not super durable, but it's not really made to be. Um, but it's just super light and super warm. Um, and Kuyu actually just came out with another jacket called the Burner. And it's kind of like a parka. It's completely waterproof, but it's got this same amount of insulation built in. I actually have one of those on order. It is not cheap, again, but late season, you know, especially this year, I'm going to be doing some late season hunts out there for extended time periods. Um, if it's something you're serious about, it's something you might want to look at investing in. So I got those, I got the tops and the bottoms, the bottoms zip off completely, which is nice. Um, then I also added just because of the warmth to weight. Um, I added this, this vest. Um, this is the super down ultra vest. Um, it's, I mean, I, I keep saying it, but it's just super light and super warm and it's really nice. And then, I also, for just another layer, the Super Down Ultra jacket. So you can throw on the vest, throw on this, and they're sized to be able to layer. And then, you know, if you throw on all three of these guys, I mean, you're gonna be warm. I think this is actually an extra large. The rest are larges, but, um, Again, just with the warp, the warmth to weight ratio, I just, I really can't, I can't get away from Kuyu. They're just, they're just really nice. And um, with down, you know, it's pretty breathable. So you don't really get hot, which is interesting. But um, the other thing that I really enjoyed this year from Kuyu is the Katana stretch woven pant. Um, I got a pair of these before I went to Arizona with Brian and Brad. And I literally wore these things every single day. They're really comfortable. They have enough stretch, but they don't get baggy on you. You know, they got the, uh, the zips right here, the vent zips. 
Um, you know, plenty of pockets. The fit is nice. They look good. They got zipper pockets, you know, just plenty of pockets. They got two back zipper pockets, two zipper cargo pockets, you know, two regular pockets and a little small one up here. Um, just great material, comfortable, durable. And uh, actually after that Arizona trip, I just went ahead and ordered two more pairs because you know, they honestly, they look good enough to wear around town and they're just really great hunting pants. So um, these will probably be what I rock most of the time on most of my hunts, Katana stretch woven pants. And then um, Scree has them as well, but also Kuyu makes, I've been kind of preaching on these things for a while. I'm really kind of surprised they haven't caught on more um, is the fully zip on and off long john pants. To me, they're just uh, amazing. They're just a game changer. I mean, um, every morning in Arizona, I'd wake up while well, I'd sleep in the things, wake up, throw my katanas on. And then as the day starts to warm up, you can just take those things right off without taking your pants off, taking your boots off. Uh, I love them. So I'm, I'm pretty much always wearing those things too. Um, let's see what we got here. Um, as far as tops, um, I actually wore this year the black Ovis um, Merino. So this is the 250 black Ovis 250 Merino hoodie. Um, and I think I got it on sale on Camo Fire um, for considerably cheaper than the Kuyu option. And then I also have the 150 black Ovis Merino hoodie, which I wore that thing again, like every single day in Arizona, um, just very versatile. Um, they come in solid colors, which I like, um, you know, pretty durable. I wore this thing pretty much every single day in Kodiak. Um, it's got a few little nicks in it, but nothing major. And, um, you know, it's, it's waterproof enough to kind of, kind of keep the light mist off you. It dries quick and it really doesn't, um, attract a lot of stink. So, um, I really like the black Ovis black Ovis actually is crushing it right now. They, you know, they have, um, some great options as far as pants go. Uh, their puffies, Brian and Brad are rocking their puffies out in Arizona. They looked really nice. So I can't speak from experience on those, but, um, you know, and Dan was wearing black Ovis pants, uh, in New Mexico. So, if, you know, if those guys are wearing them, it tells me they're probably pretty good stuff. And, you know, my experience with black Ovis is just in these Merino tops, but I love them. So I'd recommend them. And, you know, they're just a little bit cheaper than your Kuyu option. I think they're pretty much going to be the same thing. Um, the only difference is I think the Kuyu has a chest zipper, but I've never been wearing one of these things. Be like, man, I wish I had a chest zipper. Like, it's just, what are you going to put in a chest zipper and a little hoodie? I don't know. I mean, you know, whatever. Maybe somebody has something to put there, but I never missed having it. So check out Black Ovis. Um, you know, I'm not officially working for Gritty or anything, but I know that Gritty has a code at Black Ovis. If you use that code Gritty, I think you save some money. So um, I really like their merino hoodies, and I think they have some other good options for clothing as well. It's just a little bit better priced than like your Kuyu stuff. So maybe on some of those mid layers and base layers, um, save some money there. But again, um, I've really been impressed with the Kuyu stuff for the for my main puffies and stuff. Um, okay. Oh, rain gear real quick. I did um, pick up, again, it's an investment, I know, but some Kutana Storm Shell jacket and pants. Uh, again, this is from Kuyu. Um, you know, I'm gonna be putting in a lot of days in the field this year. Got some long hunts, 
Um, clothing and gear is just not somewhere I want to save money. So um, this stuff is bomb proof and um, and just really nice rain gear. So um, I'm going to be rocking those. I also picked up these Kenai insulated pants from Kuyu. Um, they're a little bit, it's a, let's see, uh, what's it called? Synthetic uh, insulation. It's not down. These also zip all the way off and on. Um, but, you know, if you don't need quite the heavy down zipper, maybe you're doing a little hiking. I think they're a little more durable than your regular uh, puffy pants, a little less insulation. So, you know, late season, um, maybe you're doing some light hiking and you don't want to quite throw on those heavy puffies, but you still want some insulation in your legs. Uh, these guys are, are nice and they zip off and on easily. So check out the Kenai there. Um, all right, let's talk about boots real quick. So I wasn't sure what I was going to go with um, this year. Um, I decided, even though they're kind of a you know early season boot, and you know I even I caught some flack from like Dan and them. Um, but I, okay, so I, I wore my Ativa mids like in Alaska for the whole week and, <clears throat> you know, it was in August, so it wasn't very cold. Um, so that wasn't an issue. And, but you know, they kept my feet bone dry. We were in Kodiak for six days. I think it rained four or five out of the six days. Um, and even when it wasn't raining, the vegetation was soaking wet. Those things were soaking wet from pretty much day one through the end of the trip. My feet were bone dry the entire time. So say what you will about them. Yes, they are lacking in um, tre like tread and traction and stuff like that. I like a lighter, more flexible boot. They're, you know, they're definitely that. I mean, most guys wear them as like trail runners. Um, but they worked for me. Um, so I wore them in Alaska and I had no problems. Um, they did after that trip start to rip right on like there's a little loop on the back where you kind of pull them up I think they were just so wet for so long and kind of putting a lot of pressure on that loop it got a little rip on the back under that loop I did send them in to crispy though and they're being fixed or replaced or whatnot so um, good customer service the boot is not as durable as I would like but it was comfortable and it kept me dry. Um, now, like I said, I wore those in New Mexico as well. And uh, Dan was giving me a hard time for wearing Ativas. And yes, I was kind of slipping around. However, they're the only boots that I could find to that point that don't give me blisters in the back of my heels. Um, and, you know, like he razzed me a little bit, but I was right there on his heels the entire trip. So, um, you know, say what you want, but I didn't get blisters and I kept up with Dan Staten in them. Um, yes, I was slipping around a little bit, but basically the back of my heel is very flat. So a boot that has like a very defined, uh, heel cup in there is, is rubbing me really hard. So I'm, I'm still in the process of trying to figure that out. The guys at Go Hunt Trail again, helped me out. Um, and I just ordered a pair of Hanwag Tatra lights or Tatra lights. Um, I've heard really good things about them. They're a lighter, more flexible boot, but they're still an all leather boot. Um, and I'm going to try them out, but they haven't come yet. Um, 
Also on that note, I ordered a pair of sheep feet. I was at the expo and uh, they hooked me, hook me up, but I, you know, I did my little foot impression. Um, haven't tried those out yet. Like I said, I just ordered them, but I've heard good things and I'll keep you guys updated. So um, if you're like me and you need a lighter boot, um, and here's the thing too. So this is something that Trail at Go Hunt told me about, which is I think genius and probably, um, and it's what I'm gonna probably do. I was kind of, kind of worried, like thinking I needed a, a late season boot, um, you know, an insulated boot. And, you know, he was telling me, it, but the thing is I like light and I like flexible. So Trail, I was telling Trail this stuff and he's like, well, what I would do and what he does, he says, I rock a uninsulated all leather boot, even on late season hunts. And then when I have long periods of glassing, he um, suggested some outdoor research insulated booties so he'll take his boots off and put these insulated like down booties on uh, and there's also an over boot option um, from like arctic shield that i picked up on camo fire so i'm going to see what works there but i'm probably going to wear an uninsulated all leather boot even in my late season hunts and then pack those um, outdoor research booties and then maybe try even the arctic shield over the boot uh, booties as well because my feet get cold but also if you're hiking in an insulated boot they can get sweaty and so um, I'm thinking that's gonna be my way to go as long as these Hanwags fit and and work for me um, and like I said I'm gonna try with the sock liners this year too um, and then I'll just pack those those booties as insulation for glassing and whatnot so hoping that works out I'll keep you updated on that um, let's see other just footwear items, you know, I always bring a pair of Crocs. I'm a Crocs guy. It's great to have some kind of camp shoe. Um, in the off season, one thing, you know, I ordered a pair of Speed Cross 5s, Solomon's, for training and trail running. Great shoes. Loved them. However, I got them soaking wet on a hunt, and I'm pretty sure they shrank on me about a half a size. So I was doing trail runs in them, no problem. After I got them soaking wet and they dried out, my feet just, they don't fit. Like my feet hurt after about a mile on those things or even less. So be careful on those. Um, just know speed cross fives might shrink on you if they get waterlogged. Um, okay, last thing on footwear, stocking shoes. So these are made by a friend of mine, Andrew, at Ancient. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. They're just leather moccasins. If you're hunting a dry area, anywhere that you need to stalk, um, especially in archery hunts, definitely worth bringing a pair of these. I mean, we wore these on every single stock out in Arizona. Brian and Brad were running stockasins. Uh, same idea, um, but I had good success with these. Um, so check out Ancient, um, and they'll hook you up with some really good stocking shoes. Um, I kind of go into more detail about that in the Arizona episode, um, but if you're doing an archery hunt or something like that, or something where you need to do some stocking, I think it's worth carrying a pair of these. Um, and these are, again, these are called Ancient, A-N-X-Y-N-T, so check them out. All right, um, okay, while we're kind of down here on the footwear stuff, I'm gonna talk about gaiters real quick. Gaiters are important, especially like for example in Alaska. Um, 
On Kodiak, I wore my Scree Gear Gators. Uh, no issue. They performed well. I did kind of slide down a little bit of a rock face at one point and got some tears, but... So, yeah, to be honest, they, they weren't quite as durable as I would have hoped. Um, the material they're made out of is kind of... It's kind of the same material as their rain gear, which is, is good stuff, but like I said, I, if you scratch it against a rock like that, it, it did chew it up pretty good. So I would be a little careful there. Then I went and tried a pair of Kenetrek um, gaiters that I picked up from a, just a sporting goods store when I was out in Wyoming and uh, very dissatisfied with those actually. So, uh, and since then I've heard that Kenetrek gaiters are not good, but basically they wouldn't stay up. They're just sagging down my, my calves the whole time. So I would not recommend the Kenetrek gaiters. I did pick these up at the expo. These are Peaks Gators, uh, made by Peaks Design. They are great, I tried them on. The material is very durable. Um, they do not slide down your leg. And they have this uh, little fastener thing here, so once you kind of get your size adjusted for your calf, um, then you can kind of keep that locked in and just um, use this thing to uh, quick connect on top of your calf so you don't have to keep resizing it in the field and uh, I thought that was pretty clever and um, you know really durable material so check out Peaks Gators for that again you can use code gritty save on those um, I don't have a code with them yet that's the only reason I'm dropping the gritty code just because I don't have one I know I know Brian does so um, I think that takes us through most of the footwear stuff I wanted to cover um, you know, I mentioned rain gear earlier, so I just want to mention this really quick before I forget. Check out my buddy Guy. He has a company. Well, first of all, he's got the Western Contours podcast and he's got a company called Western Fly Covers and he makes, uh, pack covers as well as bino harness covers, rain covers. So, um, those were super, super helpful in Alaska. And actually, if you're doing any type of filming, um, I actually found them very um, useful to cover my cameras. Like if a quick, uh, you know, I have my Peaks Design camera clip here, and if any rainstorm came in, I have my camera right here, and I can just take my uh, bino harness rain fly and just, you know, slap it over my camera. So if you're filming, uh, or you just need a rain fly, or you want a bino harness thing, he also makes like custom sizes. So if you just hit him up, um, Western Fly Covers, uh, he'll, he'll make you something custom size if you need it. I think he's even going to look at making some kind of camera covers. But I have a discount code for 15% off at Western Fly Covers, which is in the description. Uh, I think it's Hunter's Quest is the code, but I'm not sure. It'll be in the description, but you can save 15% there, and that'll help me out with Western Fly Covers. Um, all right. I think I covered everything clothing-wise and footwear-wise. All right, so let's get into something kind of fun here. Let's get into my weapons system. So, you know, this is my backcountry setup. Obviously, got my um, Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It's just nice, just protects your optic and keeps your action clean, keeps your muzzle free of junk. Um, so, I've showed you guys this rifle before. 
but this year actually, you know, got some use on this thing in the backcountry. Um, I have tally rings on here and a Swarovski Z5 5 to 25 scope on here. Lightweight, um, it's just a BDC reticle with a side parallax adjustment. Um, I love this gun. Um, it's chambered in 6.5 Creedmoor, which, um, you know, I have found is excellent on deer sized game. So when I mean, when I say that, I mean whitetails, antelope, mule deer, even, um, you know, sheep, goats. I haven't been fortunate enough to hunt those yet, but from everyone I've talked to, even black bear. Um, so I got the 6.5 Creedmoor because in a normal world, ammo availability and price, you know, I think the Weatherby rounds are great. I don't personally necessarily want to get tied to a Weatherby round because they're expensive and they're a little hard to come by. Um, it is threaded and I did just do my paperwork for a Silencer Central Banish 30. So Lord willing, that bad boy will be in here before hunting season. Um, you know, just a side note, if you're in the market for a suppressor, um, Silencer Central does make it very easy. Uh, I don't have any kind of deal with them or anything like that, but, um, you know, they make the paperwork and the process very easy and they have some really good suppressors. So I got a Banish 30, which is good for anything from a 300 Weatherby all the way down to a 17. Um, so I'm going to rock, you know, Lord willing, I get that thing. I'm going to rock that on all my backcountry hunts in the future. Um, the bipod, so this is interesting. Well, just something that I would note. Oop. So I originally had the Spartan Light bipod. Um, it's, it's, it's back there. It's just, um, it's just their kind of ultra light and I think it's the least expensive option. So it's a good, it's a good bipod for sure. However, right before we went to Wyoming, I don't know why, but I just said, you know what? I think I'm going to splurge and get the Spartan pro hunt, uh, bipod. Now, to be honest, I still have a little bit of an issue with the bipod in general because of the way the connection is. It does have a little bit of play, a little bit of wiggle in there. Now for hunting, it's not a big deal and it's never really caused any problems. Again, it's not designed for PRS shooting. That's not me. So it doesn't really matter. Just if you're a super long range accuracy type guy, you know, there's probably better options, but for hunting, um, they're lightweight, they're well-made. And so anyway, I decided to splurge and go for the Spartan Pro Hunt. And the reason be is because it gives you just so much more options here. I mean, you can see, you can take this thing all the way out to, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't know the specs off the top of my head. It looks like about 12 inches. Um, and so I will honestly tell you that if I had not splurged on this bipod, I probably would not have killed my antelope. So, um, I'll just bring both these to show you, but, um, this is my antelope from Wyoming this year. My first antelope 
100% DIY public land one point unit. Uh, you can see he's got really good mass. He's got a broken cutter. Um, I did score him myself. I'm not a professional, obviously, but I scored him about just under 70 inches, like 69 and three quarters inches. And that's with the broken cutter. So I'm calling him a 70 inch buck. Anyway, this is my antelope. And if it wasn't for my last minute splurge on this pro hunt model, I would not have killed that antelope because, you know, the other one I have is about this tall. And if there's any kind of brush, I mean, it's very hard to, to get your rifle high enough. And so, you know, I was laying prone out there in Wyoming and um, I had to have this thing fully extended um, to get the shot. And, and even then, like it wasn't, it was close. So if I hadn't had this, I probably wouldn't have got this. So for me, I'm gonna recommend if you're gonna spend the money on a nice bipod, definitely consider the pro hunt model um, just to give you some more flexibility because it's very rare in a hunting situation that you're going to be able to or that you're not going to be negotiating some brush so and then you know I have one of these little guys I think these should come free with the things honestly I mean you got to pay extra for these which is I think kind of a ripoff but whatever it's worth it you can stick this right up under your bino pack and just have it right there handy whip it out um, so definitely recommend that guy. Um, so yeah. Oh, one more thing I wanted to mention on that. Um, as far as, you know, the ammo, my buddy Ned, um, me and him work together on developing a load. This is it right here. Let's see if it'll focus on that. Yeah, right there. So that is a 124 grain hammer hunter that's hammer bullets made in montana hammer hunter 124 grain with 40.3 i believe or two i can't remember 40.2 or 40.2 40.2 or 40.3 grains of varget um and really happy with this load um it's accurate um and let's so i shot my antelope with it I shot my Kodiak blacktail, which is right here. Nice little blacktail, which you can see that film soon, if, it, if not already. Um, and I shot a whitetail with it this year. And both of these animals dropped in their tracks, I mean dead before they hit the ground. The whitetail was quartering heavily too, and it ran about 10 feet. Um, so the bullet, is actually a copper mono. It's not a lead core. I shot a whitetail with some Hornady ELDX ammo um, last year, which is good ammo. Don't get me wrong there, good ammo. But it's lead core and the deer ran about 60 yards. I'll show you that deer actually. So shot this buck with that Hornady ELDX. Um, he ran about uh, between 70, maybe 75 yards, maybe 100. Very little blood trail. I mean, very hard to follow. So, and this thing, um, he was judged or he was uh, aged by a Virginia biologist at four and a half years old. Um, 
anyway, all I can say is copper mono, shot three animals with it this year, dropped dead in their tracks. Um, the ELDX, the lead core, still killed the animal, but it ran a little further and a little harder, harder to recover. Not to mention with a lead core, you know, ammo, you're gonna get tiny lead fragments all throughout your animal. Uh, with the copper mono, it's gonna retain its weight very well, uh, really good terminal uh, performance, and it's, it's devastating, in my opinion, in, in my experience. So that's my weapon system. Um, I will tell you, I'm a little excited, because I looked, when I was at the expo, I looked around at many different rifles, um, as you, you know, if you've been listening for a while, you know I got an elk tag this year, so it's a rifle tag, so I needed a 30 caliber. I, you know, it's a whole other topic, but um, I personally do not feel comfortable hunting elk with a 6.5 Creedmoor, so I wanted to add a 30 caliber to my lineup because I like to have enough gun, so... Um, I looked at Nosler, I looked at the Browning X-Bolt, I looked at, let's see, what else did I look at? Fierce, um, who else? Snowy Mountain, I'm probably leaving a few off, but I looked at almost all the gun makers that were there at the Expo, and the one that I kept coming back to, I couldn't get out of my mind, was the Seekins Precision. So the, the bolt, the action on thing was just butter smooth, the smoothest action I've ever felt in any gun. The stock is uh, is really nice. Um, so anyway, I did end up ordering a Seekins Precision Havoc Element in 300 Win Mag. Uh, it's gonna take a while to get here, but um, it's a great gun. Uh, the long action comes in at six pounds and the short actions come in at um, five and a half pounds. So. I almost went with a 300 Winchester short magnum. However, just due to the craziness of finding ammo and how much ammo costs these days and I haven't gotten to the reloading game yet, I decided to go with a 300 Win Mag just because, just to be frank, I could find ammo for it, like right now. And so I ordered a bunch of that. And um, also, you know, there's just things happen, like maybe you go on a hunt and uh, you know your luggage does not arrive, and your rifle does, you're gonna have a much better chance of somebody having a box of 300 Win Mag, or being able to run down to the store and find some 300 Win Mag, than you know a 300 PRC or a 300 Winchester Short Mag. So, an ammo availability is kind of a a bigger issue to me. You know, you could and you could maybe argue even 30 out six would have been better choice. But um, if you're talking about availability, but um, I already have a 30 out six, and I wanted something that was definitely capable, long range, even up to moose. So I went 300 Win Mag and Seekins Precision. So check out Seekins Precision if you're in the market for a new rifle. Um, all right, while we're on weapon systems, I was going back and forth at the beginning of the year whether I was going to run my um, my Razco under my Bino Pack or a hip, hip holster. And I landed on a hip holster. And you know, the reason I wanted the chest holster at first was because I was thinking the belt on my pack was gonna get in the way, but actually it turns out I can wear the hip holster uh, and my pack my pack belt does not really affect it. So that's what I ended up going, going with, just a pretty simple 
And again, my, you know, my bare sidearm is a Glock 20 10 millimeter um, with a Streamlight KLR1, I think, or XLR1 or something like that, uh, weapon light on there. Um, I think, for me, that's the best choice for a bare gun. 10 millimeter, 15 shots, Glock platform, easy to shoot. Anyway, um, and, okay, last thing on weapon systems, so... The ammo I did go with, factory ammo, um, you know, it was recommended by guest Joseph Von, Von Benedict that I had on the show a couple weeks ago, um, and so I went with a Federal Premium Terminal Ascent in 300 Win Mag. Um, it's a great factory ammo, um, and, you know, it was expensive, but for the times we're living in now, it was relatively inexpensive, relatively and I was able to find it. So that's what I went with, and I'll keep you guys updated on how, how that works out. Um, all right, shelters and sleep systems. Okay, so this is something that I was a little bit, you know, not, I was a little concerned about going into the season because I knew I was gonna be putting a decent amount of time, you know, in a tent, um, and I have, I have a little bit of back issues. Like my lower back is a little bit, it, I have some lower back problems, uh, especially in the morning, especially sleeping in weird positions and whatnot. So I was a little bit concerned. Um, however, um, I didn't really have any like true backcountry like pack in hunts this year. Like my hunts were like base camp oriented, like drop camps or base camps and, and hunting, you know, day hunts from those base camps. So I made an investment, which if you're going to be. Whoops. If you're gonna be um, hunting from a base camp, which I highly recommend, it's a little camping cot right here. So you can pay like 350, 400 bucks for the Helinox, I think it's called, or just get this Amazon brand, like, I don't know, probably made in China, but Marchway. Uh, this thing was just so amazing, like such a game changer. Throw this thing up in, in my tent um, with my, um, I have a Neolite, uh, what's it called? Thermarest Neolite Air, I believe it was what it is. Um, anyway, throw that bad boy on top of this in my tent. I sleep like a baby. Um, and my back feels way better than just sleeping on the ground. So that was big time. If you're going to be sleeping in, you know, long periods of time, you have the luxury of a base camp, definitely get a cot. This one's not that expensive. The brand, again, is Marchway. Just got it on Amazon. Um, so, and then while we're on kind of sleep systems, you know, for my base camps this year, I ran the Hilleberg Namage 2 GT. Um, it is by no means a backcountry tent. It's rated for two people. But, you know, like I said, I was in base camp type situations. I was in Alaska for one of them um, and spending, you know, 10 days on one, for one, at one time in that thing. So I wanted something spacious and with plenty of room because I got hunting gear, clothing. I'm not a small guy and I have camera gear. And so I got it like, especially like in Kodiak, you know, Kodiak's known for weather and wind and I have this expensive camera gear with me. I want to be sure that me and my gear will be safe and dry. So I invested in that Namaj 2. It's got a really nice roomy inside. 
Um, it can withstand anything. It's like bomb proof and it's got a huge vestibule, you know, even big enough, you can keep gear in there and put your little glassing chair inside of it and just kind of sit there. There's plenty of room to get dressed in the morning, put your boots on. You could even sit there and make coffee in that thing if you wanted to. It's like having a little like mud room in front of your tent. Um, and it's covered and you can get out of the wind and rain. So I can't really, um, I can't say enough about that. It's a great shelter. Um, still for my ultralight backpacking stuff this year, I have Big Agnes Copper Spur, but a couple hunts this year that I'm going to be doing are going to require a hot tent. So at the expo, I, um, spent a significant amount of time talking to and looking at the guy, the stuff talking to the guys and looking at the stuff from seek outside. Um, there's a couple other companies that are coming out with shelters now, but the seek outside is still, um, the lightest and kind of most simple design. Um, so I'm probably going to be running a Silex and I'll probably grab a Cimarron too. Um, and then with a large U-turn stove this year. So, uh, if it's gonna be just me, I'll run that Silex. And they do have a new shelter coming out. It's not released yet or announced, but it's gonna be a little bit bigger than the Silex, um, but still around the same weight. So keep an eye out for that. Excuse me. Um, but anyway, Seek Outside, great shelters. They also have some really awesome packs that they've been coming out with, um, completely waterproof packs. So if you're looking for a pack or a shelter or a stove, I mean, their large stove packs down flat into a little thing about this big, about this flat, and then like a little cylinder for the stove pipe. I think it's like two pounds or less. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying that out. Again, that's something that when I do get my hands on it, I will let you guys know um, and, and keep you up to date. Another thing I got ordered that I'm looking forward to trying this year, I got an Alpaca Rafts Caribou. You can probably see this uh, little paddle behind me. So I might be using that this spring for bear. Uh, I'm not sure. It just opens up a lot of doors and accessing places that you may not be able to get to otherwise. Um, but there's kind of, there's the mule and the caribou from alpaca rafts that are, that are good options. The mule is seven pounds, caribou is five pounds. I went with the, the caribou because just a little bit of weight savings there, but looking forward to trying that too. I'll keep you guys updated there. Okay. Moving right along. It's a lot of stuff I know. Um, I ran a 15 degree bag. It seems to be pretty versatile. Um, you know, I used it on all my hunts this year. Um, it's, it's Alps mountaineering. It's nothing crazy. Uh, synthetic, um, insulation, 15 degree bag seemed to work very well. I have a zero degree bag, but it's big and kind of heavy. So the 15 seems to be kind of in that sweet spot where you can sort of get away with it in the early season even. Um, but, you know, also even later into the season, you know, you might have to throw on your puffies at night, but with a pair of puffies and a 15 degree bag, you're going to be pretty warm. Um, this just popped in my head, but it, for me, it's pretty essential gear item. You know, just me personally, I guess I drink a lot, but I almost always have to wake up in the night to go to the bathroom and I hate, hate climbing out of my tent, unzipping out of the tent and going out, putting some kind of shoes on and going outside to pee. So anytime I'm going to be in a tent for long periods of time, I pack a Gatorade, a big Gatorade bottle. And it probably sounds gross, but, um, I just, yeah, if I go to the bathroom, I don't want to go outside. So I bring me a Gatorade bottle. 
Um, sorry if that's TMI, but you know, also a good glassing chair if you have the luxury or, you know, if you're in base camp, um, same brand Marchway has a, <clears throat> has a nice little chair that's cheap and pretty lightweight. All right. Let's see what we got here. Um, okay. So glass, let me grab what I got here this year. This year I ran the Vortex. Let's see, these are Diamondback HD 12 to 50s. So, um, you know, at home when I'm hunting, a lot of times I'm running eights, you know, if I'm whitetail hunting and stuff. And um, I got these 12s this year. And I liked them. Um, I haven't yet really invested into a spotting scope. Uh, so that was another reason why I went with a 12 um, binocular. But so to be honest, these are 12 by 50s. So the magnification is good. However, I found myself, if you really want to get, if you really want to get the most out of them, you really need a tripod. Like you can definitely like quickly scan, you know, a hillside or whatnot with the 12s, but they're a little much for handheld. So, you know, if you have, if you have a spotter as well, you might want to consider um, 10s or even 8s really to have a wider field of view, better in low light. Um, the 12s sometimes like, Sometimes the field of view is a little small, and like I said, handheld, they're just, they're just kind of tough, you know. Um, I always keep in my bino pack too, I got like um, an Allen key, any kind of tool I might need. I have a lighter in here. Um, these are for my scope rings and bases or tripods or whatever. I just keep some tools in there just in case something goes sideways. A lighter, what do I got in here? Some duct tape. Um, some more just tools in here. Um, so just be prepared with that. Um, like I said, if you got the room for a spotter, you might want to consider 10s or 8s. Um, if you don't, maybe a 12 and tripod is the way to go. Um, I will say it was nice having the 12s when I was able to get a tripod. It's just a little bit extra time to set up. And while I'm talking about tripods, I, this is a prototype, there's no decal on it, but um, this is the Two Vets tripods. It's called the Ruck. And actually I worked with uh, Dan from Two Vets developing this thing. Um, and so I actually named it. So I came up with that name, the Ruck. He wanted something military, you know, themed. So that's what I came up with, the Ruck. And this is a Surui, like SR10 or something, something 10, can't remember. But it's a gimbal head for filming. You can also put your uh, spotter on there too, but it's uh, just a little bit better for filming than a regular Surui like VA5 type head, if you're wondering what that is. But um, these tripods are great, lightweight, super tough. I use this thing on every single trip a lot. So I also have a discount code with two vets 
um, HQ5, you'll save 5% on any of their tripods. Um, they got stuff for, you know, like intense PRS shoots all the way down to that little, you know, two pound backcountry hunting tripod. Um, that one's the Ruck. It's, so it's, it's the No Name Junior with a center column. So it's the same tripod as No Name Junior, and he was able to add the center column without adding any extra weight. So um, if you need a tripod, that's all he does is tripods. You know, all these like optics companies have them now, but they're kind of just cheap, honestly. He's focused solely on tripods. So go to Two Bets Tripods, use that code HQ5, save 5% and help me out. All right. Let's see. Um, bags, you know, um, again, buy once, cry once. They're expensive, but I bought a couple Yeti Pangas. They're completely waterproof. You can even submerge the things and they're going to stay dry. But if you're doing a base camp in Alaska, you just got to keep your stuff dry. So um, I just went ahead and bit the bullet and got some Yeti Pangas and they're, they're good. The last thing I want to hit on, well, real quick, a couple more little just backpacking items that I got sitting here that I'll share with you. Um, this is a Silky Saw Pocket Boy. Um... If you're running a hot tent, you need to cut up wood, or you need to cut up an animal. It's pretty lightweight. I had another like Gerber one, but they changed the metal on it or something. It's very flexible and just not good. So Gerber, do better. But this is made in Japan, super nice. It's called a Silky Saw. This specific one is called the Pocket Boy. Um, great for keeping your stove fed and cutting heads off or whatever. Um, I decided to go away from, this year I'm gonna go away from the filtering my water. I was using the Sawyer Squeeze, great system. Um, it's, it worked very well. Um, it's a little bit less convenient, I think. And I'm, so this year I'm gonna try out the SteriPen. This is the SteriPen Adventurer. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous, you know? It's kind of scary, but like I said, I, I watched a lot of guys that I trust this year using this thing, and um, it just works. And it's very lightweight, super easy to use, um, holds a charge, and um, so I'm gonna be rocking the SteriPen this year for my water. And um, Peaks has this really nifty headlamp. Headlamp is something that's like, you know, easy to overlook, it doesn't seem that important, but you know, if you've done any backcountry hunting, you know, like a headlamp is an extremely important piece of gear. Um, you know, so I, I picked one of these up at the show. Uh, again, I think you can use the code Gritty uh, at Peaks, but um, I just like this one because it's fully it rotates 180 degrees. You can pop the light off of the head thing and use it for other stuff. It's got memory, so your last setting it'll bring it back up, um, and it's super easy to lock so it doesn't turn on in your bag, you know, um, and, and drain the battery. That happened to me this year. So um, it's got some cool features. It's super bright, 1,000 lumens on the highest setting, and it's rechargeable. You don't have to, like, carry on extra batteries. So check out Peak's Headlamp, uh, pretty nifty little piece of gear there. I think that's it as far as gear. Um, I know that was kind of a lot of stuff, but, um, again, if you have any questions, please just, reach out to me, be happy to help you. Um, some of these things I have discount codes for, you can check them out in the description. Um, you know, 
And if not, just let me know anyway. And sometimes you can pick them up Black Ovis and uh, you can use the code Gritty there. Again, I'm not like working officially with those guys yet, but um, he just has discount codes for a lot of good stuff. So, and he's a friend. So anyway, um, last thing I want to touch on is uh, kind of like supplements and that kind of stuff, like extra stuff that you might think of as gear, but a um, couple things that did help me out this year. So um, the first one I want to talk about real, talk about real quick is um, Wilderness Athlete Altitude Advantage. So um, I used that this year um, before New Mexico. It has directions on the box, box, but basically you start taking it like a couple weeks before your trip. And as you're on your trip, you take it. So, um, you know, if you listen to my episode with Dan, you know, there are other factors in play that I believe were in play, but some of it was training. And honestly, some of it I think was spiritual prayer, but I use that altitude advantage stuff and I live like at sea level, like zero elevation. Like <laughs> if you dig in my backyard for an inch, you'll hit the water table. Um, but I was out there in New Mexico, 10, 11,000 feet camping at 9,000 to 10,000. Never had an issue with altitude. Um, you know, I, I was with Dan, so we weren't just sitting around. We were getting it at 10, 11,000 plus feet, and I never had an issue with altitude sickness. So um, I got to think the altitude advantage had something to do with it, even if it was mental. I don't know, but hey, check it out. Altitude advantage from um, Wilderness Athlete. I also love Wilderness Athletes Hydrate and Recover. Um, it's just nice to have something other than water sometimes in the backcountry. It's got some salt in there, some electrolytes. It also, I think it has some like BCAAs for some recovery. So my favorite flavor is Arizona Peach. Check that one out. Um, hydrate and Recover. I also took a magnesium supplement, uh, which is supposedly good for um, helping you have better recovery. Um, and most people are deficient. Um, you know, also I mentioned my back issues. So I kind of did a three pronged approach this year. I think that really worked for my back. First prong was buying that cot and not sleeping on the ground. Um, also having something between my legs at night when I'm sleeping. So I'll, I, I'll even put like my puffy jacket if I'm not wearing it in between my legs while I'm sleeping to kind of keep my legs apart. So making sure you're paying attention to your sleep system is the first prong. Um, second was I did get chiropractor adjustments, you know, periodically in the off season. And I do think that helped. And then I did start trying the stealthy hunter, uh, CBD. And so, um, you know, as you know, I am a recovered addict, so I don't use anything that's uh, full spectrum CBD, but this is a broad spectrum CBD, which means it has zero THC content. Um, and I do believe it has helped with my inflammation in my back. So that three-pronged approach of chiropractic, stretching, you know, um, being careful with my sleep system and the CBD um, did, I think, really help my back this year and allow me to do these hunts and not be in pain and completely just useless when I woke up. Um, the other thing uh, for Mountain Ops, you know, I like their slumber, um, their little sleepy chai stuff at night. It's just kind of something to sip on at night. Um, I do think it helps you sleep a little bit. Has some collagen and some melatonin. Helps with recovery while you're sleeping. Um, and it does kind of knock you out, to be honest, um, in a good way. Then you know, there's my regular, my regular vitamins. I do also like Mountain Ops Ignite. 
Uh, I have really high caffeine tolerance, and just to be honest, I do ingest quite a bit of caffeine, so I like having the Ignite stuff. I like the Bugleberry flavor, personally. Uh, also, Black Rifle, if you like coffee, I have a discount code, Black Rifle. Uh, I believe it's Hunter's Quest 20. It'll be in the description. You'll save 20% on your first Black Rifle order, and they have coffee bags as well as instant coffee, both of which are very good and very easy to throw in your pack and, and enjoy on the go. I you know had tons of black rifle coffee this 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 year hunting and I love those little those little coffee bags. They're just super lightweight. Boil some water, throw them in there, boom, you're good to go and it's real coffee. Instant's good too, but I prefer the bags. Um, Heather's Choice, again, I got a discount code with them. You can save some money and it will directly help me. Uh, their breakfasts are delicious and she's about to do a whole reboot. So keep an eye on Heather's Choice. I think they have a sale going right now on kind of the remaining inventory but I got a discount code with Heather as well. Again, you can check the description and you will see that code. Uh, I believe the code's Hunter's Quest, but just double check that. Save some, I think 15% at Heather's Choice. Um, and then, you know, like software tools, like Go Hunts, mapping software, um, Eastman's, um, to help you, you know, plan for your hunt and, and all that stuff. Um, okay, I thought that was the end, but there's a couple more things I wanna hit. And I know you're probably tired of listening to me. I'm definitely tired of talking. I've been talking for an hour straight. But there's a couple other non-gear related lessons I learned this year. I'm gonna keep them short because we're here at the end. But stalking. Quit looking at stalks like events and start looking at stalks like days. Especially if you're doing a bow hunt. Uh, I learned this out in Arizona hunting these mule deer and these coos deer with a bow. A stalk is not a 30 minute or an hour or even a two hour excursion. A stalk is a day hunt. Like, and if you can get in range of that animal without spooking it, whether you kill it or not, that's a success. Patience kills the buck and just get in there. You don't always have to make it happen. Sometimes your best strategy is just to get in there in range don't get caught and wait for the animal to make that last mistake. Um, that's really a lot of how Ryan Lampers is successful and something I kind of picked up from him. And, and Brian, just get in range, don't spook the animal, and be patient. And even if that means coming in the next day or whatever, uh, you're always still in the game until you spook that animal. If you try to force it, that's when you get in trouble. So patience kills the buck. Something I learned from Dan, and I've said this before, but there's so many things on a hunt you cannot control. The two things you can control are your effort and your attitude. So keep giving it 100% and keep positive until the last minute. You can go from seven straight days of the worst hunt of your life to the best hunt in your life in 10 seconds flat. Like, stay positive, keep working hard, good things will happen. You, if you saw the Kodiak film, you know that's the case. Um, you know, we went days and thought we were done. I just decided I'm just gonna enjoy myself, enjoy the Lord, and right there at the end, it happened. So keep your effort and attitude up and good things will happen. Um, do your homework, you know, talk to folks. If you're gonna ask advice, make sure you know somewhat what you're talking about before you ask. Don't go into a conversation knowing nothing. 
show them that you've put at least a little effort into trying to figure this thing out, and then you can kind of ask for some help, and most people will be receptive to that. Lastly, I gotta say, one of the biggest lessons I learned this year Western hunting is don't believe everything you hear and don't trust everyone. And I know that sounds a little negative and I'm not trying to go negative, but I learned that this year. And what I mean by that is this. So the first, you know, the first thing, how can I say this? Um, I'm a very trusting person. So, you know, most of the time if someone says something, I'm going to believe them. I'm going to trust what they're saying. Um, you know, you're hunting animals on public land. You don't know everyone. Like I like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt still, but you just can't believe everything you hear. So, um, if you, if you watch any of the content that came out of that New Mexico hunt with Dan, you'll know what I'm talking about there. We were actually kicked off of public land by an armed security guard for an outfitter lying to us, telling us we were on public land. We called the game warden. We confirmed legally every possible way. We were 100% within our rights on public land. And this guy was bold-faced, lying to us, kicking us and other hunters off of public land, claiming that it was private. So use the tools, the technology you have at your disposal. Know where you stand. Um, and, and, you know, be confident. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get into fights. You know, at the end of the day, it's not worth, you know, getting into a fight or getting hurt or hurting someone else. But um, just know the laws, do your homework, know what's acceptable, and operate within that. And don't be afraid to defend that if you know that you are correct. Again, don't do anything stupid, but, you know, um, you just can't believe everything. The other place that really got cemented for me is, and I want to be careful here, we were in Wyoming and um, there was, it was like towards the end of the hunt, we were kind of coming down to the wire. Um, and so I, I spent the morning identifying some spots on my mapping software that looked good. Um, we were about to the third or fourth spot and there was a road going up to the spot I wanted to check out. And um, I noticed a no trespassing sign. Now again, you want to be careful, you want to obey all laws and all regulations and private boundaries. You know, I don't condone even bending any rules at all. However, I'd seen this before in New Mexico. We'd seen several kind of handmade, kind of sketchy looking, no trespassing signs uh, that were completely false. Even, um, even like legit looking like metal signs that have been put in places illegally. Um, so, you know, I saw that sign on this road. Uh, I saw a no trespassing sign. And initially I was like, ah, dang, you know, and my cousin was driving. I said, all right, well, let's take a right. Let's go check out this other spot. And so, <clears throat> you know, that's just kind of my natural default coming from out, out, out east and stuff, you know. Um, so, but then, you know, I don't know. I just started thinking about it. I pulled out my map. I looked at it, I made 100% sure this was a public road, you know, a public, like, marked, numbered road, a state road, and it was going on to completely public land, um, and I, after looking at my maps, I was like, that's, that's not legit, no, like, it's just not, let's go back, so we went back, 
And and I was right. It was you know there was a no trespassing sign there, but it wasn't legit. Like it, just because it's there does not mean it's legit. Again, I want to be careful here because I'm not trying to tell people to trespass, but just know the laws, know what you're doing, know where you stand, and um, don't believe everything you hear. Because I'll tell you what, we went up that road, and that's where I killed my buck. Um, and again, you know. If we had just kind of blindly accepted it, not looked at my maps, and just went on, I may not have tagged out, but ended up shooting my buck um, up that road, again, completely legally on legal public ground, um, but there was uh, illegally posted no trespassing sign. So you just can't believe every single thing you hear. You can't trust everyone, unfortunately, but what you can do is control your effort and attitude you can do your homework, you can know what you're doing, you can be confident in that you're doing the right thing if you know, you know, with knowledge comes power and if you know what you're doing and you know what you're doing is right, um, you can be confident even if someone's trying to tell you you can't come here when they could be lying. So anyway, that was kind of some of my main takeaways, you know, control your effort and attitude, stay positive, work hard, do your homework, know what you can and can't do, so you can be confident when those times come when you're not sure. Um, now, if there is any question of doubt, if you have any question of the legality of something, don't do it. Like my first trip into Alaska, you know, it was it was bittersweet. It kind of sucked, but we held off on shooting some animals that I could have easily shot because we just weren't 100% sure that they weren't cow caribou because they were small bulls. But anyway. All I'm trying to say is if you have any doubt, don't. But if you do your homework and you go into it knowing the rules and knowing the regulations and you have your maps and you're good to go, you don't have to have any doubt. You can be sure. Even if that means making a call to Game and Fish. Usually the Game and Fish guys are very willing to talk to you and very nice and very helpful. So if there's a question, call your game warden. Um, you know, Don't do anything sketchy, but know where you stand um, and keep working hard and just be patient and uh, good things will happen. So anyway, I know that was a lot, a lot of gear stuff, um, a lot of talking. Um, if you have any questions, if you wanna make any suggestions, ask me about gear, anything like that, please do not hesitate, leave a comment or shoot me a message at the Hunter's Quest on Instagram. Um, and uh, I think that's it folks. There's something else I was gonna say, but I'm blanking on what it was. So. Um, yeah, definitely leave me a rating and a review, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh yeah, what I was going to say was a lot of these gear items, again, I'll have codes for it down in the description. So check those out. It helps me out and helps the companies out and get some good stuff. So, um, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Looking forward to hearing, uh, your thoughts and your questions and looking forward to continuing to learn about gear and tactics and just share my experience with you guys through film and the podcast. So. Thanks for your support and looking forward to seeing you soon.